Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, everyone, to the MMQB Gambling Podcast, Week 12 in the NFL Thanksgiving Week. Uh, Unfortunately, one of the games bumped Steelers-Ravens will not be played Thursday night that gets moved to Sunday we won't be breaking down that game for you because there's no line it's off the board because the Ravens are uh, ravaged right now with positive COVID cases so we're going to skip that we'll give you the Sunday board and Monday night obviously and uh, get you covered for week 12 as always joined by my co-host Gary Grambling Mitch Goldich back after a week off I was two and two in my best bets uh, it was a painful week, I think, for Gary. What was the record again, it Gary? Was, it, it was not good, Jimmy. It was a painful week because Mitch wasn't here last week, so I was already bummed out. And uh, and no, I, I went I went one to five. That that is obviously unforgivably bad. Uh, and it just it, it was it was a case of when it rains it pours. I, I had the Lions minus one and a half at Carolina, and when Teddy Bridgewater was declared out, 
it was kind of like, all right, you know, line moved to three. It was like, okay, Lions, Lions are going to cover this one. They're in the playoff hunt. Carolina's been struggling, and uh, obviously that didn't work out. The, the one that was devastating was I had the under in Titans-Ravens, and that was a real weird um, sort of uh, combination of things. You know, it, it was a five-point game. They were way under the total at that point. It had to go to overtime to go over, and, uh, you know, they, they the Titans get the touchdown and the two-pointer to push it to three. The Ravens kick the field goal and it goes over. It's, it was I guess my point is I was I was so close to six and zero, but instead it's one and five. To quote one of the great philosophers of our time, Justin Timberlake, "Crimey River." I had the Bengals as a best bet, and Joe Burrow blew out his knee while the Bengals were leading, and then they could not basically gain a yard the rest of the game after he left. So I could have gone you- in so many different directions. I was wondering how many philosophers you know, Jimmy. I was gonna say <laughs> I uh, I had a perfect week. I got every single game right. Straight up and against the spread. Very sorry that I couldn't come on the podcast and uh, and share the knowledge and help Gary out. Just take my word for it. I had every game. But I, I do want to say, because I was not on last week. I don't, I don't know if you talked about it. I didn't listen to last week's show. I was moving. Uh, people might not know that anyway. I have moved now. Um, two weeks ago, Nick Chubb, thank you very much for saving me. I just wanted to come mm. back on and make sure I bragged about my win two weeks ago that was totally deserved. Nick Chubb, what a great play going out one of bounds the, the one-yard line. Preserve, and I people had it at three, and it was a push. On this podcast, the line was still three and a half earlier in the week. That goes down as a win for me in our Google Doc. Thank you, Nick Chubb. I'll might be you. the top gambling play of the entire 2020 season right there by Nick Chubb. All right, let's get into week 12 again. We're giving you the Sunday slate and Monday night. We're going to skip Raven Steelers because that game is off the board while we tape. Don't know what's going on there with the off Ravens the board, running back for and, Jimmy's old podcast. Yeah, the old one. All right, let's start it off that one with had good theme music. I like the off the board. Uh, it the off did. The board theme music. Someone it stole good. it. I forgot who. Yeah. Um, let's start it off. The Dolphins visit the Jets after the two of benching, but he's back starting this week. Dolphins seven point road favorites in New York. Total forty four and a half. Gary. I know, Jimmy, we were both on the Broncos last week, and I was too much of a coward to best bet it, and uh, you kind of saw how that played out where I think the Broncos were just an especially bad matchup for Miami. Uh, they they uh, One, it's always going to be tough for a young quarterback to play that Vic Fangio defense. They have a good pass rush. They really give you blurry, difficult-to-decipher coverage looks. I think that's a really tough one for, for a rookie. But more than that, I mean, the Broncos were not going to put the ball in Drew Locke's hands that's how the Dolphins are going to beat people when they go out there and they can show those uh, those, those zero blitz looks that are, uh, I mean, they do all sorts of stuff that just, uh, just wreak havoc with the passing game, and the Broncos just want to run the thing. Uh, I mean, Vic Fangio would run it 60 times a game if he could. So I am not off the Dolphins. I, I think this is the kind of game where it's going to be very easy for them to bounce back and just roll a big number here. Uh, I mean, they 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 you know, they, they shut out the Jets earlier this year. Uh, I just don't really see a scenario here where the Jets put up more than like 14 points or so. And I just, I think Miami's fine offensively. I I, I don't think they're a good offensive team, but I think they're fine, uh, especially in the game where they're probably going to have a lot of good field position anyway. So they'll, they'll get their points. I think this is a double digit win for the Dolphins. So I, uh, I like the Dolphins a lot here. I'm with you on so much of what you said, because I did best bet the Broncos last week. Mm-hmm. And we both, like you said, we both said it. If there's one place in the NFL that's still gives you a little home field advantage where there's no fans. It's Denver. Mm-hmm. And I think we saw that. The Dolphins all season have been so well coached. 
not a ton of turnovers, not a ton of penalties, and then it all came unraveling in that game. It just felt like one of those games where they would do. I'm with you. I love the Dolphins here against the Jets. Don't get scared off because the Jets put up a few points last week against the Chargers. The Chargers are the weirdest team in the NFL. I, I agree with you. I think this is a double-digit win for the Dolphins. I think they bounce back. This is a perfect – there's nothing you can have better in the NFL after a loss than playing the Jets. I think this is a great, <laughs> great matchup here for Miami. And, uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm with you there. I like the, uh, the Dolphins a lot. Mitch, what do you got on this one? I just want to say a little bit of a pet peeve alert. Everyone's saying Tua got benched, and I get it. In my mind, when someone gets benched, and I know he literally was sent to the bench, <laughs> but in my mind, when someone gets benched, it's like they lost the job. I, he got pulled. I like to say that he got pulled. It reminds me a little of the uh, the game earlier this year when Jimmy G was pulled at halftime, and part of it was injury, and part of it was ineffective. I don't know if that was a benching. I'm 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 not quite there. This is I'm now collecting two. You can, you always need three examples before you can write a story about it. So like this is definitely on my radar. I'm waiting for my third one, and I'm gonna write. Uh, some I don't know. We got to talk about this terminology. <laughs> anyway, think very differently about this game than we did a week ago, and and you know you guys talked about it. To me, this is a classic stay away. I, obviously, I like the Dolphins to win. Um, it just feels like a lot to ask them to to expect them to win by double digits, like Gary said. But then again, I mean, you can't pick the Jets. Like that's just uh, you know why would anyone do that at this point? So I'm I'm saying away. The line scares me off a little bit. Um, wouldn't surprise me at all if they do win the game by ten or thirteen points. But I'm not going to take it. I'm going to stay away. Next game, the Browns getting a lot of love now because of their record. Given six and a half in Jacksonville, Mike Glennon now in at quarterback for the Jaguars. Total here is 49, Mitch. Yeah, I, I think they are they have to be better off with Glennon. Um, I mean, he at least has some experience. Um, yeah, the Jake Luton magic lasted, I think, one play. His first game, he had that bomb to DJ Chark and then didn't really do anything after that. Um, I don't know. You know, I, I'm really eager to to just bury the Jaguars. But then you look at them. Obviously, they were not good against the Steelers, and they were never in that game. Um, trying the onside kick early, which I did like. But uh, you know, go back a few weeks, they did. They hung with the Packers and the Texans, which is a little confounding. Just like looking at some of those teams. But um, the Browns, they're going to be without Miles Garrett again. Um, so that obviously hurts them a ton on defense but I think they are just they're so much better on offense with Nick Chubb back and I thought that was really encouraging to see him and Chubb and Hunt together are just a really special backfield and it just helps the whole offense you know you don't need Baker Mayfield to carry the team as much with that combo so you know I, I definitely lean Browns here um, this is another one two games in a row where I feel like the line just scares me just a little bit I, I was close I could have talked myself into best betting the Browns but I think I'm going to pull back. If you make me pick a side, I'll pick them, but not quite a best bet. Gary? So I, uh, I, I've i sort of been exposed as a Baker Mayfield hater at this point, and I've got a lot of Browns fans showing up my mentions, and they're they're very upset about uh, what I've written about the Browns and specifically about Mayfield. But it's funny. I, I've just been – I've been rethinking Mayfield and making sure that I'm not just being one of these turds who sort of like latches on to a take and then won't shake loose of it. Uh, Mayfield has basically played two good games this year, and 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 you know where he, he was okay and like blowout wins over like Washington or when they got that big lead in Dallas, he was sort of a no harm done type of guy. But um, he played really well in the two Bengals games. Other than that, he's either been just kind of a, 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 a game manager or he's been bad. And he was bad in November, but. The, you know, those weather games were absurd. They were all home. They were all terrible wind, rain, sleet type games. Uh, you know, he's he's looked bad against the Steelers. He's looked bad against the Ravens, against the Colts. Uh, 
I'm ready to sort of open my mind to Baker Mayfield getting to play in a in a nice weather game against a bad defense. Does he go out there and play well? He's not going to go out. I mean, they're not built to just go out there and like you know throw for 400 yards and and put up 50 points. But uh, if he plays well and plays efficiently, I mean, they're going to roll up 30, 35 points on on the Jaguars and and Mike Glennon. Even without Miles Garrett in the lineup, the Browns don't really have to force turnovers or anything. They're just you know Mike Glennon is just not going to put up points. So uh, I saw this line at less than a touchdown. This is more. Uh, uh, I'm probably going to end up best betting the Browns, and it's kind of an olive branch to uh, to Baker Mayfield and his believers to say that I'm uh, uh, I, I am open to believing if this uh, if if this goes this way this week, and if 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 it doesn't, then I will just hate Baker Mayfield forever. Mitch, I uh, I started. <laughs> I, I went, Jimmy. <laughs> My bad, uh, because I have nothing to say about this game. It's just I th- listen. I think. I don't believe in the Browns yet to give six and a half on the road, and I think the quarterback change throws this a little bit in flux here for me, so it's a stay-away game for me. Next game, Giants. Talk about teams laying points on the road here. The Giants, minus six in Cincinnati. As I mentioned before, Burrow out. So obviously that just throws everything out of whack here. The total is 43, Gary. Yeah, I uh, this this one's on the cusp for me as far as best bets go. Uh, obviously, six is a big number for the Giants. I, I'll cite the Giants' road numbers, which I mean we've talked about it all year. They're they're great on the road over the last. Uh, uh, this is going back to 2018. They are 17 and four against the spread. They are 10 and 0 against the spread when they face uh, defenses that are allowing six or more yards per play. Uh, that said, I mean, obviously, they haven't been favorites on the road very often, and this is by far the biggest spread. I think it's the, the biggest uh, uh, or, or the first time that they're favored by more than a field goal on the road. But uh, I, I I could see, I mean, we saw Brandon Allen with the Broncos last year go to Minnesota, and that was that game where the Broncos, uh, they were huge underdogs. They ended up taking like a three touchdown lead at halftime then they sort of squandered it and the Vikings won on the last possession so Brandon Allen is potentially competent uh I I I don't know if if I really see that working out and I do think that look the Giants have gone back-to-back weeks without turning the ball over. Daniel Jones is playing a little bit more conservatively, but I think that's the trade-off they're taking at this point. And the defense is good. The defense has been really good the last couple of weeks. So uh, I think they go there and win this pretty handily. I, I just, I, I think I'm with you guys and just seeing that number next to the Giants on the road and, and just, it, it's it's tough to stomach. Mitch? Yeah, it uh, it is confusing. I, I saw it uh, yesterday at five and a half, and I was thinking about it. And then you wake up this morning, and it's now six, and it's like I don't know, is this going to creep up to seven by kickoff? At, at a certain point, it's uh, it's really too high. But I mean, the Bengals are are cooked, right? <laughs> like they, I thought it was going to be Ryan Finley time, and then yeah, we saw it was Brandon Allen. We uh, we don't have Kyle Allen, unfortunately. We all remember the week last year when there were three different Allens who started at quarterback, uh, uh, got to get Kyle back in there or he's, he's injured, right? That's why they turned to Alex Smith. Um, yeah, the Giants, they've been competitive. I remember saying this earlier in the season at this point, I think maybe the Giants are going to win the NFC East and that might not even be a controversial take at this point. Um, but I, I told you guys this a few times on the podcast earlier, they were competitive and some of their losses against decent teams were close games. Now they are coming off two straight wins and the bye week. Uh, the wins are against crappy NFC East teams, so you wonder how much you can, uh, how much stock to put in those. But you know the Bengals—they—they're a crappy team too. They fit in in the NFC East. Um, they, uh, you know, tied the Eagles, so they're like right around uh, that level. But I don't know. 
Gary, you said everything. It's it's just how do you bet any NFC East team as a six point favorite on the road? I I like them again. This is another game in that same exact range where if, if you ask me to pick one, I'm picking the Giants to cover, but not quite there for a best bet. Yeah, I mean, Mitch pointed out the Giants playing well. They're also great against the spread. I believe they're seven and three against the spread or six and three against the spread this year. But God, I just I can't. I want to do it so badly, but six on the road, you know. Again, the Bengals, you don't see how they can really put up more than, I don't know, 10 or 13 points here, but uh, this should be a blowout. I just I don't have the guts. I wish I did to pick the Giants. Um, next game, we got another. This can't be right. I had to write this down Write this down wrong. There's no way the Raiders. The Raiders are minus three in Atlanta, total 55 and a half. Wow. Mitch. Tell, what, what did you think it was going to be? I'm I didn't curious. think the Raiders would be favored, but. Really? Yeah, okay. Do. I'm not surprised by that at all. Um, it's oh, it's a body clock game, a Gary Grambling special. Mm. Uh, they are flying from Vegas. But um, I, I'm ready to believe in the Raiders. Uh, I think I was uh, late to the party on them and got burned by them a few times. But I think especially their ability to beat bad teams. I mean, we saw them beat the Chiefs. And then the game that's fresh in everyone's mind was the uh, this Sunday night game when they lost. But they gave the Chiefs a real game. That was competitive. Um, I, you know, I think if this game, if the line here was like four or four and a half, it would give me some pause, but you look at these two teams and it's a three point spread. I think the Raiders are a better team. And, uh, you know, sometimes that's a simplistic way to look at things, but I often do that when the spread is a field goal or under, um, I, I like them to win. I mean, the Falcons, they were definitely playing better. Um, whether that was related to the coaching change or not, uh, it did kind of happen around the same time they did. They won three out of four. And then last week they got kind of undressed by Taysom Hill's saints, um, but you know, they're not a playoff contender and I think the Raiders really are and could easily end up in that AFC playoff picture. <clears throat> so, you know, I look at this and I see two teams. I think one's better. I expect them to take care of business. The spread's only a field goal. I know they're traveling. You guys know, I'm never afraid to pick road teams. So actually I feel pretty good about taking the Raiders here. Yeah. I just like, you know, the Falcons have been playing much better with Raheem Morris and you know, I think to just ignore that because they lost to the saints and Taysom Hill last week is, uh, not prudent so that's why i'm getting three at home there i, I kind of like the falcons gary what do you got yeah i uh i'd, I'd probably lean falcons ever so slowly. i i do like the raiders and i think the raiders are i think raiders are, are a team a lot of people look at and say like oh they're not as good as their record i think they have been as good as their record i think they've if anything been slightly better than their record at this point uh that said I don't know about this matchup. The Falcons lost last week because they couldn't protect Matt Ryan. The the Raiders, I mean, the one thing the Raiders don't have is a pass rush. They have, they have zero pass rush. Uh, I don't think the Falcons offensively are going to have issues. I wanted to like the total on this one. I wanted to go over. Uh, 55.5 was too much. I'd probably back off uh, for all purposes here, but I, I guess I'll, I'll go against Mitch and, uh, <laughs> and give a slight lean to the Falcons. Next game, we got the Arizona Cardinals going into New England. Cardinals two and a half point favorites against the Patriots. The total is forty nine and a half. Gary, yeah, we'll. Uh, I mean, we'll see what the status of Kyler's shoulder is. I am assuming at at the time of our taping, and you guys can disagree, but uh, I, I assume he will play in this one. Look, this feels like the kind of game, uh, you know, Belichick going against a guy who was maybe not necessarily a Belichick disciple, but Cliff Kingsbury obviously played in that system, and uh, I think there's some familiarity there. I think it's a chance for the Patriots defense to sort of have another step-up game after a disappointment last week against the Texans, so we'll see how it goes. I it, it, Really, to me, 
both teams are kind of erratic, but the Patriots are too erratic to really get a great read on any of their games at this point. I would probably lean uh, New England in this one, though. Mitch. So, yeah, you mentioned, obviously, Kyler Murray is the X Factor. We don't know. uh, I assume he's going to play, but you don't know if he's going to be limited. Uh, I will say they did have uh, a little bit of extra rest because they played last Thursday. So hopefully that, one, helps him heal. Two, you've got to think that they can maybe cook up a game plan uh, and, and you know, maybe design some stuff in the offense to run the ball more and, uh, you know, not rely on the shoulder necessarily or, or at least just spend a little extra time thinking about how they can compensate for the injury <clears throat> and kind of plan around it. Um, but beyond the X factor of his injury – this is a game I'm like copy and paste some of the same things I said about the previous game we just talked about. You've got a better team from the West Coast traveling east uh, and playing. I think this is in the one o'clock window. But again, it's simplistic. I just think the Cardinals are the better team. I know the Patriots just burned me two weeks ago in that game when I uh, best bet the Ravens uh, favored by a touchdown. And then they, uh, the Patriots won the game outright. But I think looking at the trajectory of their season, I think that is the game that's the outlier for New England. Um, I just think the Cardinals are a much better team. If all things equal, healthy quarterback, you look at these teams and you say Arizona's going to win this game, spreads under a field goal, I'm happy to take it. Um, you know, I want to hear more about Kyler's practicing uh, throughout the week. It's, you know, uh, pulling back the curtain. We are taping uh, a day early this week because of Thanksgiving. Um, so typically we're dealing with a little more information here than we might have at the point that we're taping this podcast. Uh, an extra day of practice, possibly two days of uh, injury reports. But I feel I feel really confident taking the Cardinals here. I really do. I love Arizona. I, you know, I don't buy into the home road stuff as much, especially this year. Laying less than a field goal with a Cardinals team that is so much better than the Patriots. Um, you know, I don't I don't see how New England can um, keep up with Arizona here. They just they're not built with on the offense. You know, listen, they could play keep away and do their little Rex Burkhardt and dink and dunk to James White and keep He's, the ball away from Kyler. But Burkhead's out actually. He's oh, that's right, that's right. He got that. hurt last week. Correct. That's <laughs> yeah. right. Thank you. Yes, that's right. He got hurt. Yes, that was a bad injury last week too. So, um, uh, you know, I, I don't see how Arizona get stopped here offensively. I I think this is an easy win for the Cardinals. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you 
straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Next game, the Colts giving three and a half at home to the Titans. Good matchup here. Total 51 and a half. Mitch. Yeah, stupid Colts. I am wrong about them every single week. Uh, Them and the Broncos. They're the two teams that I just have apparently no feel for this year. Um, but I'll say I, I like the Titans here um, under a field goal. I don't know about that, but uh, at three and a half, getting the hook there, I'm happy to take it. Um, this is uh, this is a great game. <laughs> when we talk about like what games we're excited to watch, I'm, I'm pumped for this one on Sunday. Uh, two teams that both had really kind of dramatic wins last week, setting up this AFC South showdown. Uh, I'm excited to see it. It's also a, a rematch game because they just played, uh, I think, just two weeks ago. Um, we saw the Colts beat them. It was 34-17. That was the Thursday night game. Uh, Titans led 17-13 at the half, and then the Colts dominated the second half 21-0. Um, but I throw that one out a little bit. Like Thursday night games, uh, sometimes weird things just kind of happen, and you know, division teams that know each other, uh, and then they're playing again so soon. Uh, I'm willing to throw that out a little bit. So 
you know, I, I lean Titans. I'm, I'm wary of taking the Colts lightly um, because I think I have done that a couple times. I think the issue, honestly, was just that uh, early in the season, everyone was raving like, oh, this is a top three defense. And then Darius Leonard was out for a few games and they weren't as good. And I think it's just that simple. He's that good. You plug him back in and they're immediately a top three defense again. And I just need to uh, calibrate that again for myself and remember, no, he's out on the field. Uh, they are a better team with him. So, you know, not a best bet for me, but I think getting that uh, the three and a half more than a field goal, uh, I lean the Titans. Mitch. I mean, I'm sorry, Gary, Gary, <laughs> you got it. <laughs> <laughs> that is me. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I, I'm staying away from this one. I would lean Colts. I'm staying away. These teams just play weird games. Uh, again, that Thursday night game, uh, the Colts outplayed them, but it, it was such a wide margin because they had a they had a, a blocked punt touchdown and stuff like that. When these teams played in Indianapolis last year, that was uh, Jacoby Brissett was the Colts quarterback. They were out of receivers. Ty Hilton's after that game. They were running a bunch of like XFL type dudes out there. Uh, no offense to PJ Walker, but uh, and and it, the Colts were in control of that game. The outgame to buy 100 yards it looked like they were they were lining up for a go-ahead field goal five minutes ago that gets blocked and the titans run it back for a touchdown and that's sort of how that game ended up turning so just weird stuff tends to happen here i would lean colts i think they're the better team they're in their own building uh they are built to deal with the titans physicality uh but that's one other thing to consider uh, the titans second half of the season when it's derrick henry when it's aj brown we saw what aj brown did late in that ravens game uh where they just couldn't tackle him uh, that i think that stuff does add up and the titans are a better late season team than they are an early season team i love the over 51 and a half in this game i heard um i saw a stat i think um six last six titans games have gone over and five of six colts games have gone over the total the colts have all of a sudden become like an offensive juggernaut the reason why i called um mitch gary or gary mitch a moment ago so i was trying to get the the colts scores the last few games they scored 34 last week, 34 two weeks ago, 41 three weeks ago, threw in a clunker with a 10-point game, and then had another 31-point game. So the Colt offense has come alive. And I think, um, you know, the Titans can score points here. So I like the over 51 and a half in that game a lot. Next game is uh, the best game of the week. The Chiefs, minus three and a half in Tampa Bay. Total 56, biggest total of the week. On the board, Gary. Yeah, I'm not even down that on the Bucks at this point, but uh, the Chiefs are just, uh, to me, the Chiefs are just head and shoulders above the rest of the league at this point, and that includes Pittsburgh as well. I know everyone's all fired up about that. But uh, the Tom Brady downfield passing stuff, I think, is being overplayed to an extent. Uh, he's never been a great downfield thrower. He's just, he's missed in chunks the uh, the last couple of games, and obviously he had two uh, ugly interceptions in that Monday night loss. And really, I mean, look, it's tough to quantify this, but when these teams play in prime time and you have sort of ugly plays like that, it just sort of gets blown out of proportion. I mean, we saw with Daniel Jones in that Bucks game. Daniel Jones has been playing somewhere between pretty good and great all season on a bad team, and he has a Monday night game where he throws two ugly interceptions, and all of a sudden, you know, Daniel Jones has to be benched. Daniel Jones is the worst quarterback in the league, and hmm. he's been fine since. I mean, and I think that ultimately is what it is with the Bucks, I don't understand why they haven't come back more to 
uh, a Brady New England style offense. I mean, Bruce Arians is willing to sort of degrade himself by bringing in Antonio Brown after swearing he he would never do so. But you're not willing to change the offense in order to win games. Uh, that that that's that's unusual to me. Uh, but that's just sort of now now I'm just now I'm just taking the crap out of this game and. Uh, I really don't even have a, a, a side that I prefer. I'd lean Chiefs is where I'm landing here. Mitch. I'm going to say something, and I know that Jimmy is going to agree with me 100%. <laughs> I love the Chiefs in this game. How can you not take the Chiefs anytime they're favored by less than four points? Just mark it down and take it. They are great. I thought that's where you were going with this, Gary, when you were talking about how they are head and shoulders above every team in the league. And this is – I'm not even overreacting to what we saw from the Bucks on Monday Night Football this week. Uh, I, I just love it. Um you know, if you want to, like, make the case for the Bucks, I don't know. The, the teams that have given the Chiefs problems this year, they're the teams that can go on those, like, long drives. Like, try I guess basically just keep Mahomes off the field, go for those, like, 16-play, nine-minute drives. Um, and, you know, I was looking at the Bucks, like, some of their drive history the last couple of weeks. Like, against the Rams, they had this uh, drive 10 plays, 73 yards, four minutes and 45 seconds touchdown in the first half. Uh, also in the first half, 10 plays, 68 yards, three minutes, 25 seconds of touchdown. And like, I think if they want to stay in this game, they're going to need to find a way to turn those long drives into like six, seven, eight minute drives and sort of shorten the game and, uh, and you know, lessen the number of possessions. But, uh, you know, I don't see that happening. Like the, the Chiefs, you just leave them any time at the end is too much time. And I just think anytime the Chiefs are going to be favored by less than four or five points, just pick them and you're going to get rich. It's not a uh, foolproof theory. I don't want anyone to think they're, uh, you know, 100% going to get rich. I Certainly, I'm not rich. Uh, but, you know, we don't get this many opportunities to do this where they're favored by only three and a half. I'm taking it. Easy best bet for me. Yeah, here's the thing. I'm going to best bet the Chiefs. I'm going to bet the Chiefs where it matters in real life because it's just the right thing to do as a gambler. <laughs> yeah. Minus three and a half. I don't love them, though, only for this reason. I'm not going to sit here. I'm not putting dirt on the Bucks coffin for this reason. They still have Mike Evans, Gronk, Antonio Brown, um, Ronald Jones, except, you know, Godwin. So, you know, Brady doesn't throw two picks last week. They probably win that game. You know, if Tom cleans it up a little bit, you can't be shocked if the Bucks offense ends up, you know, rolling out 30, 31, 34 points. And, you know, maybe you don't get that cover. So I don't love the Chiefs as much as I normally would. You know, like Mitch hit it on the head. You see KC minus three and a half and you basically, you know, get a tingle down your spine because you're so excited. But the Bucks, I still think, are going to have weeks where they do some damage on offense. But a responsible gambler takes the Chiefs minus three and a half no matter who they're playing or what's going on. So that's my uh, summation of that one. Next game. This is the uh, Sunday night game, the Bears. Why we need to be subjected to the Bears offense in prime time again, I don't understand. They should have flexed KC Tampa Bay into this spot. Packers, eight and a half point favorites at home against the Bears. The total is 45, Mitch. What they could have done was uh, flex Steelers Ravens into the spot since that was the, uh, would have been That's the NBC game thir- Thanksgiving night and they moved it. Uh, but I guess they... Uh, can't do that to the Packers fans out there. Um, yeah, I, I like the Packers here. Obviously, I mean, we don't have to talk too much about, you know, the Bears are fading fast. Um, and now uh, Foles and Trubisky are both hurt. Uh, so again, when people listen to this podcast, you'll know more than we do now about who's actually going to play, who's healthy. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, does it make that much of a difference? I think some people might think it does. I don't really know for sure. 
Um, and I, I just want to say this. I like the Packers as a bounce-back team. Uh, I think I talked about this earlier in the year. Um, they've now lost six games in the regular season since Matt LaFleur took over. And the last five times, they bounced right back. They won most of those by double digits, some of them by three scores. I just think they're that kind of team. Everyone talks about, like, Aaron Rodgers with the chip on his shoulder. And it's like, you know, shouldn't you just be that motivated every week? And in reality, he probably is. But he does seem like he does take it up a notch when he has something to prove. And I I just like the makeup of that team. Um, They've had a few clunkers, but I don't think they're going to do that against the Bears. I think this is going to be a comfortable win from them. Uh, eight and a half's a little high, so I'm going to shy away from best betting it. But I do like the Packers here. Gary, I like the Bears. Uh, I mean, I, I just love the quarterback play they're getting this year. But uh, uh, I am look. I'm curious about what they come out of from the bye week with this offense. You had two weeks to to find some kind of answers. They have to do something new. I mean, they, they can't continue to do what they've been doing. Uh, I don't know exactly what that is. I mean, I've been advocating for just put Trubisky in there and just run like a Tim Tebow offense and, and catch a couple teams off guard and, and just scrape together wins that way. But um, the reason I like the Bear, and, and, and this is this is not going to shock anyone, is is I think the defense is good. Uh, the last four times they, they faced Aaron Rodgers, uh, they've held him to, let's see, 24, 17, 10, and 21. So that's, uh, I don't know, something in the neighborhood of like 18 points per game. But uh, I, I don't think the Packers are about to turn it over four more times, but I don't think those four turnovers are really reflected in this uh, – uh, in, in this line right here. So I do like the Bears just keeping this to a one-possession game, uh, even though it's it's on the road, obviously not a not a big uh, uh, home field advantage this year. And we've seen the Packers struggle at Lambeau the last two times. So I think there's something there for the Bears to uh, to, to keep this to a, you know, a, a, a field goal or, or at least less than a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, I like the Packers. Um, I, I just, you know... I, 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 there's no way I can pick the Bears with that offense. I think eight and a half is high, so I won't best bet it. I'd lean Packers, but it's not a best bet for me. But I, I, I don't – switching up the play caller, it's not going to make a difference. They're just not that good on offense. So I, I wouldn't ex- – you know, if the Packers struggle here, they got some issues to deal with. Um, like Gary said, they haven't been great at Lambeau. But uh, if this is – if you don't have a blowout here, there's, there's some issues there in Green Bay they're going to need to work out. Next game on the board, the Seahawks, five-point favorites in Philadelphia. The total here is 50. Gary? Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm continuing to stay away from the Eagles. I just can't believe the Eagles are this bad. Uh, and, it, I mean, again, it's, it's Carson Wentz is obviously struggling, but everyone is struggling now at that point. I mean, they, they can't block, they can't catch, they can't run routes correctly. Uh, the rare times when they do, Wentz doesn't seem to trust it enough to actually throw the ball to open receivers. It's just, it's a bizarre situation. What what I do like in this game is I like under that 50-point uh, total. It, it came out of like 53, and I was pretty giddy about it. I, I'm, I'm remaining optimistic about it, even as the number continues to sink. But I'll, I'll probably grab it as a best bet at under 50. Um... On top of the fact that, obviously, the Eagles are struggling offensively, the Seahawks, I mean, we saw it last week, all the let Russ cook stuff, uh, they finally just kind of said, okay, well, we can't live with four turnovers every week, so we're going to go back to what we used to do, which is power running, play action off of it. There are big plays to be had there, but I don't think this is the Seahawks offense that goes out there and and automatically puts up 38 points and and wins games that way. I think they're going to be winning games like they did late last season when it was more of the 24-21 variety. So I think this game stays low scoring. One one uh, one other trend here to throw it on the Eagles. 
this is going back to 2018. When the Eagles play an opponent who is bottom 10 in yards per play allowed, so so a bad defense, uh, they have gone under in all nine of those games. So is that a uh, Scott Grambling special? That 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 <laughs> is, and that is a uh, uh, that is one. It, it just sort of shows, you know, the Eagles are since that Wentz MVP caliber season. They're just not good enough to really light it up, even against bad defenses here. Mitch. All right. You guys know I am an Eagles fan. I talk about it openly. I don't shy away from it. I frequently will pick the Eagles. I'll be optimistic. I'll try and talk myself into it. I look at this line. I cannot believe this line. This is the easiest pick on the board for me, picking the Seahawks to blow out my beloved Eagles. I don't know what what team the odds makers are watching. I don't know how the Eagles are not uh, underdogs by more than this. I don't know. <clears throat> People think that they're going to bounce back. Even if they bounce back, they still have a long, long way to go to be competitive with a team. The Seahawks are much better than them. Um, first off, I think uh, let's not underrate the uh, importance of the point that it looks like Chris Carson is likely going to be back. I think the Seahawks have had a lot of trouble running. You know, they've had like DJ Dallas and Travis Homer and guys like that. And I think that Chris Carson was healthy earlier in the season when all the let Russ cook and oh, Russ is the MVP stuff. Um, you know, a lot of times having a better running game and a good running back can help the quarterback a lot. And I think getting him back will actually be huge for that offense. Uh, another thing to point out, which again, as an Eagles fan, I'm well aware of this. Doug Peterson is winless against Seattle. And uh, many of them have been bad. <laughs> the scores of those games. 26-15, 24-10, and then twice last year, 17-9 and 17-9 again in the playoff game, which I know was uh, mostly Josh McCown. Uh, some of that game after he tore his hamstring, uh, not Carson Wentz, but still, I mean, Seattle has just had their number uh, three times held to 10 points or fewer and once to 15. Um, you know, I just think there's no reason to believe in the Eagles here, and I just think this is the easiest best bet of the week. I'm going to be taking Seattle here. I want Gary on leaning to the under there. I, I, you know, the Eagles have been so bad on offense that I think even, you know, against the terrible Seahawks defense, they might struggle here. I mean, they're just, they're completely lost in every facet. Offensive line, quarterback, no weapons at all on offense. So, um, you know, I could see this being, you know, 31-10. I mean, 50 is high here. So I'm with Gary on leaning towards the under. All right, that wraps up the games we like. Um, we got a lightning round here for you with one, two, three, four games. Try to do this quickly and get to our best bet. So for the lightning round, let's kick it off with the Bills at home giving five and a half points to the Chargers. Total is 53, Mitch. Yeah, I had a tough time picking a side here. Uh, maybe a few of us did, and that's why it's in the lightning round. I'll say my favorite bet in this game is the over 53 and a half. I just think... These are tough. These are teams, you know, they, they seem to have wild endings a lot. And I can just envision a flurry of points in the fourth quarter. Like I could just see this going back and forth in either direction. You know, both teams get a score in the last 45 seconds and we hit that over. So uh, I, I don't want to pick a side. I don't want to pick anything on either of these teams, but I do kind of like that over. I don't bet Chargers games last week again showed why with no cover, so I'm not saying a word here. I'll leave it to Gary to finish this one off. No, I I, I do like the Bills in this one. I always uh, uh, wonder about Josh Allen when he gets to the second half of the season and, and the weather gets a little bit shaky. Uh, he hasn't been great in those weather games this year. But, uh, I, again, I, I think people want to jump on the Chargers bandwagon because they've seen the dramatic endings of the games. But, in reality, that team has not been good before those endings. Justin Herbert's great, but the team around him is not very good. 
Uh, next game, the Vikings, who basically wiped out my entire season's winnings last week in real life, uh, giving four at home to the Panthers. Uh, tweets came out a couple of minutes ago. No Christian McCaffrey for Carolina. Teddy Bridgewater will start at, will start at quarterback. I do, still don't understand how the Vikings lost that game last week. Uh, Gary. Yeah, I caught the Cowboys at the wrong time. I guess Cowboys are getting a little bit righter. Uh, I, I I don't know. I'm obviously backing off this one. Uh, the Panthers just they they're they're better than their roster. Their their coaching staff has done a phenomenal job this year, and they're going to steal some of these games. And you wonder now that the Vikings have kind of you know the Vikings had that opportunity to get back into the playoff picture, and now they're kind of back out of it. And we know they've traded guys. We know there's no Daniel Hunter. Uh, you wonder just. Uh, competitively will they show up mitch yeah i'm I'm totally saying away this this somehow feels like a a trap game on both sides it it like feels like the kind of game the vikings would win a few in a row and then blow it but then they got that out of their system last week so i you know i don't know what to make of them right now and then the panthers you know gary talks about it at the top nobody saw that coming and uh, you know, who knows if they can keep that up, although obviously now uh, P.J. Walker is out uh, and back to Teddy Bridgewater. I, total stay away from me on, on both of these teams this week. I would just say the Vikings are probably a lock because I had them last week. I'm going to jump off them this week. So they're on the, the, now they'll cover the four points at home. Uh, I mean, they have so many weapons on offense. It's hard to believe that. Um, I mean, they should be right in the playoff hunt and then their defense just well, an ultimate choke job last week. But watch them bounce back this week when we're all off of them. Next game, the Saints go into Denver. Five and a half point road favorites, total 53 and a half, Mitch. I, I said this at the top, the Colts and the Broncos. I, I'm wrong about the Broncos every single week. I bet, uh, you know, I best bet them. I bet them to win. They lose. I, you know, I stay away. It's the whole thing's a mess. It's like, it's irresponsible for me to even tell anyone what I think is going to happen in a Broncos game. I'm going to do a Jimmy Trana style ban. You refuse to do any chargers games. I'm telling you, I am done with the Broncos. I'm off them. Your life will be better off for it. Gary. <laughs> I'm uh, uh so I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm going to continue to uh, be optimistic about Taysom Hill here. I do think they can go to Denver and steal this game, even though I hate when teams go to Denver. Uh, what we saw last week, and everyone's sort of saying, I t- uh, Taysom Hill, he can't throw again. Taysom Hill can't throw, but when you run that offense and you have play action because you are leading or you're, you're staying ahead of the chains, those are just wide open throwing windows. Taysom Hill can make those throws. He's not going to go out there and carve a defense <laughs> up like he's Tom Brady, but uh, I think the... Uh, you know, it, it's game flow dependent. I do think the Saints can get out there. They're not going to uh, give up a lead early, and I, I think this is another... Uh, solid Taysom Hill game. Yeah. I, I, the Saints have been really impressive. I don't know if they're getting the credit they deserve. I think they go into Denver. I think they win. I think they cover. But, again, five and a half on the road in Denver. I, I, like Gary and I said, Denver still is a little bit of a home field advantage there. So uh, I'm staying away from it. Last game on the board, because we are skipping Steelers-Ravens. I just checked. Still no line. And I, I think with Baltimore's COVID situation, you're not going to see a line on that maybe till later in the week. So we're going to uh, skip that and just wrap it up with the Rams at home, giving a touchdown to the Niners. Coming up by total here is 45, Gary. 
I, I like the Rams. I do think they're going to win this by double digits. I just get nervous. Kyle Shanahan against familiar opponents. And we saw them uh, earlier this season when we thought the 49ers were dead. And they, uh, they're they kind of the one team that actually had a really good performance against the Rams. It, it wasn't it wasn't great. They were just really good, really highly schemed in the first half and put up points. And then it, it was sort of uh, it was too big a lead for Jimmy Garoppolo to let slip away at that point. So uh, I know the 49ers are shorthanded. I just back off this one out of respect to Kyle Shanahan. I hope he appreciates that. <laughs> Mitch. I actually, I feel similarly, although maybe uh, Gary might have more of a personal relationship with Kyle Shanahan <laughs> than I do based on those comments. Um, I, I got, I bet best bet the Rams uh, minus three and a half in that game earlier in the season. And I got burned by that one. These uh, the NFC West is just weird. These teams, when they play against each other, it's uh, it's hard to line them up. It's like, it's like the a is a good matchup for b and b is good for c and c is good. like they all just kind of like beat each other up and and who knows I, i'm like afraid of any time i see these teams playing against each other <clears throat> um i was looking back the niners were healthier uh, you know they've been so banged up all season that you have to go back to like each individual box score and see who they had available in each game just to remember because it's so many to keep track of they did have a bunch of their offensive players at least uh in that game you know, I don't know. I like the Rams here too, and I'm high on them on both sides of the ball. I, I think they've been really good, um, but yeah, it just it scares me. Given Shanahan a whole touchdown there, um, you know, no, certainly nowhere near a best bet for me. Uh, if you made me pick one, I would lean Rams, but I don't feel that confident about it. Yeah, I lean Niners. It's a stay away game for me, but I just I don't know. Kyle Shanahan coming off a bye week, I did, you know line seven, and like Gary said, familiar opponents here rivalry i could see it maybe being a little closer than people think with even with the rams playing uh so well lately all right that wraps up the uh analysis for the week 12 board we're going to go to our best bets right now for week 12 and we kick it off with gary Gramlin. All right, I'm gonna go five here, even though there's only two I really love. Uh, I, I, I love like a true degenerate. I know. Last week's uh, that's after your one in five record really, last week. It really yep. is. I do love that Eagles uh, Seahawks under fifty. Uh, I love the Dolphins giving seven uh, at Jets and the three. I was kind of uh, you know a little bit nervous about. I will go Bears plus eight and a half at Lambeau, uh, and I will take the two teams I don't love giving a lot of points on the road. I'll go Browns minus six and a half at Jacksonville. And I don't know if I'll ever have another chance in my lifetime to bet the Giants as a six point favorite on the road. So I'll take Giants minus six at Cincinnati. Mitch. You know, I'm just thinking about this unrelated to anything. It was like one of the biggest stories in the league. The first three weeks was the, uh, the turf at MetLife stadium. I'm just thinking about the Giants home and row. I haven't heard anything about that. That was like such a big story. And have you heard anything about this? It's been like months. I don't know why I thought that, uh, was interesting. I felt like bringing it up. I've got four best bets this week, uh, in, uh, classic fashion of mine, uh, four road favorites. Let's do it. Uh, I've got the Raiders minus three traveling to Atlanta. I'm going to just go ahead and do Arizona minus two in New England and assume that Kyler's okay. Uh, I love that uh, Chiefs minus three and a half in Tampa, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to pick against my own Eagles and uh, my lock of the week, Seattle minus five in Philly. I got five for you as well. I'm going Miami minus seven at the Jets. Big bounce back here for the Dolphins. Uh, who have been good against the spread all year. Jets, of course, have not. Arizona minus two and a half at New England. Over 51, Titans, Colts. They've been putting up a lot of points, both teams, so hopefully they keep it rolling here. Chiefs minus three and a half just because you have to against the Bucks. 
And I added in Atlanta plus three at home against the Raiders. Uh, didn't get that line, so let's go with the Falcons. All right, that wraps up week 12 on the MMQB Gambling Podcast. Thanks for listening. Have a happy and healthy Thanksgiving. Stay safe. Enjoy the turkey. And best of luck with the wagers. We'll see you next week. Take care. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening.